0: Hey, I'm Fred and, it, and I'm Ant. And this I'm is Creator the Generation.
1: Creator Generation. Of hype. All right, we're back with another episode of Creator Generation. And this week, Frederico, we're doing something a little different. It's 100 episodes of this epically future awarded podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. We are at episode 100. I cannot believe it. It really did just, it does seem like just yesterday that we did the first episode. It doesn't at all for me.
1: It's been a long journey, and arduous <laughs> one, and um, anyone who was listening to our setup
0: before would know why. So what we wanted to do for this episode is something a little bit different. Normally for big celebration episodes, uh, a lot of podcasts will just do a bit of a retrospective and play a bunch of clips, but we want to do something a little bit different because we get asked a lot about you know what we do in the credit economy and how we do it. So because we really haven't talked much about ourselves and sort of our approach to things, we thought we'd cover that today. But instead of just saying, hey, this is what we do, we thought we'd get one of our new teammates to sort of lead that. So I'm going to introduce Katie, who will be asking us a couple of questions on, well, the Creator Generation Experience.
2: (laughs) Oh, good day, everyone. And hello, hello, lads. Very, very excited to be here and grill you. Do, Do some questions for you.
0: Oh, thanks, Katie. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm laughing
1: because we've just thrown you straight under the bus. Welcome to the team.
2: <laughs> thanks, mate. No, I'm I'm so happy to be here. It's been already a wild ride, and I can't wait to to keep going. Honestly, the bus is one of my favourite places to be under. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair enough, well, that's a bit odd, but okay that's a, that's a it's a as good a starting point as any, I think cool, and obviously, yeah, we just didn't want to answer uh you know a bunch of questions we'd come up with ourselves. We thought, hey, you know Katie's new to the team, she probably has a bunch of questions, so let her ask them, and let's see if we can give her some decent answers.
2: yeah, let's do it. Let's go. If you guys are ready, we'll jump straight in always yeah, cool, <laughs> well, so obviously, Changer absolutely loves working with creators, fueling the creator economy but let's talk about that. How did you actually get there? Was this always the plan or did you sort of figure out bit by bit and stumble into this beautiful business and relationship that you have with creators?
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess Ant and I both came to this from different places. Um, I'll sort of explain my background and I'll get Ant explain his background and then sort of explain how we merged, uh, to get to where we are. So I started in digital media. I had a agency for a really long time um and sort of about 10 years ago you sort of started seeing this group of emerging talent on platforms like youtube and it was like this new breed of content and didn't seem to have any limitations and that seemed really exciting um obviously back then you know the revenue models and stuff were really really young and there wasn't really anything around that but you could just see that the future looked really bright so basically i I spun off changer um to look more into that space, to explore that space a bit more. And that's sort of when I met Ant.
1: Mm. That's much more succinct than I could give the genesis to, <laughs> but bear with me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been working in sort of creative and uh, artistic pursuits for quite a, quite a while from a crossover from art and commerce. So I have a, a, a well-documented uh, degree in ancient history and history and as everyone likes to bring up the uh, witchcraft and demonology studies that I did, if you're a long-time <laughs> listener. Um, shout out to you, all the history buffs. But yeah, so uh, varied uh, a career in around marketing and arts and, and um, through marketing. And, and I was working in uh, commercial film production, making a lot of TV commercials and was getting very frustrated that there was this online content. This is like... Well, yeah, about a decade ago, right? And it was very much devalued. The cre- the creators were devalued. It was like, ah, oh, there was a saying amongst ad agencies of, oh, it's just online. And it's like, just online? It's reaching more people than TV? God. um, And it's better. It's more interesting. Um, So it was, yeah, sort of born out of uh, frustration and, and seeing that, the, you know, content creators and online space was really undervalued. But it was also, you know, the marketer and me and the, uh, you know the entrepreneur in me was like oh there's a also interesting like way to help grow this um and and get involved and and everyone rise up and I, to go around in, in a circle like my my first real real job was um working in in theater and and um visual arts so like helping very poor uh arts organization which we were we were running on an oily rag and helping independent artists understand how to sell and market their shows and their art um and a a big part of that was mentoring and and helping arm these creatives with um the skills to sort of commercialize their their art and creativity and kind of that's what we do now but uh for the online creator space so it's kind of like i didn't know it at the time but it's it's sort of always been a big part of what i do and that's what Mm. we do now and accelerate the kid to what eight years ago or so um Fred and I were having the same conversations just with different people about the opportunity here and the frustration and and what we could be doing. We happened to have the same conversation with with a dude called Ben Johnston um, separately. And then Ben said, stop talking to me, talk to each other. I think we had a beer one night, had a coffee the next morning, and I'm pretty sure by the Monday of the following week, we were
0: working together on Changer.
2: Yeah, right. So a nice meeting of the minds, if you will.
0: Yeah. And it, it didn't just, you know, we didn't immediately launch, in, launch into creative programs. Like, you know, back then it, it was pretty early days. Um, and when we were explaining to people what we were trying to do, they just did not understand. I mean, people now still don't understand. But back then it was particularly hard. Um, <laughs> because like I said, there were no revenue models around it. It seemed like the Wild West. Um, people still had that attitude that, oh, it's just online, which like Ant pointed out, it, it for us, it definitely wasn't that way. So we really wanted to help. And um, we ended the sort of the realm by, you know, helping creators commercialize um, projects. Um, we were working in the brand space as well, doing brand jobs and trying to get creators involved in them to help them get a bit of extra revenue. And on the backside, trying to create these structures and frameworks to keep creators viable. So, you know, we had a production studio. We opened up our production studio to YouTubers to come in and film and, And use our sets and equipment there if they wanted to help out. And we tried to bootstrap a little bit to make the whole experience a bit easier. And from there, we really started to work with more creators. And from there, we started to develop these programs. Um, And uh, because, I guess, we were one of the first in the space, I think that got a lot of people looking at what we were doing. Um, And, you know, we got the government on board to help out. And Australia, at least, to sponsor some of these programs. And then, obviously, got the attention of some of the bigger players. Um, and yeah, then we started partnering people like you know Google and YouTube and TikTok to to run these bigger programs. As we got um, a basically a bigger reputation, we're doing more and more stuff. And now, yeah, I think we've run some enormous amount of of, of workshops. I can't remember what the exact number and is. I think, but we've had over six and a half thousand people come through these various workshops and billions and billions and billions of views generated from the creators have gone through them from both, you know, highly advanced workshops all the way down to emerging creator ones.
1: Yeah, cool. Katie, Katie, I'm going to steal your job for a second and ask a question. Um, Fred, you mentioned (coughs) like when we first started, like, and even now, people don't quite understand what we do. Um, What do you tell average Joe on the street? What do you do? Like, you know, we meet someone for the first time and they're like, the inevitable, hey, what do you do? What do you tell them?
0: Yeah, I, uh, someone asked me that again the other day. And I think I have a different answer for different people. Like, you know, um, sometimes you'd say, hey, I do talent development, you know, helping you know talented people be better. But that does sound like you're in HR. Um, <laughs> so that's a little bit hard. Uh, but basically, I think now I've sort of gotten to the point where I say, you know, I help and work with creators um, on some of the biggest platforms in the world, become better at what they do and become more Uh, viable um, for long-term growth so it's sort of like that and I think people understand things like YouTube and they understand the creator space a bit more and you know the influencer space so they are aware of that they still probably have a bunch of questions but I think I can get away with that most times how about you though (laughs)
1: well it depends if you want to have a conversation or not but um, yeah typically I, I, I just narrow down to help YouTubers grow their channels and then we also partner with them to help uh, grow new businesses that leverage off their audiences and sort of keep it at that. Um, yeah, sometimes I don't go there cause it <laughs> opens a whole can of worms and you're just not feeling like that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, and my, my five year old daughter thinks I'm a YouTuber. So, um, she <laughs> isn't like totally incorrect because we do have a YouTube channel for creator generation. That's, but yeah, um, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Katie, I hijacked your show.
2: No, that's all right. You're all good. It's a good question. I actually had something similar brewing, but um, let me give you another one. We're, because a lot of our listeners will be growing their own channels and potentially their own businesses, um, and it sounded like when you guys started out, there was a lot of effort and a lot of questions, especially given what you were doing. Did you have a key turning point or a key conversation or maybe a key partnership that secured it for you, that made you realize, yep, this is it. We're going in the right direction. We're going to make it. (laughs) Can, Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe for our listeners, like what to look out for and how to trust your gut and how to learn how to keep that doubt at bay?
0: Yeah, look, that is, I mean, I guess what we were doing was super new. And like when we ran our first programs, um, like the big ones we did for advanced creators, like when we were chatting to Google about that, um, it was clear that no one else was doing that. And even they said, like, even we haven't done these programs before. So we were really pioneering that space. So while we came to it from a background of entrepreneurship um, and understanding these, these, I guess, frameworks, um, and then spending that time getting to really understand how creators worked, bringing those things together was was tricky and we weren't sure exactly what direction it would go in. So yes, I think the turning point for us was the first major program we ran, which was an incubator for advanced creators um, that ran over like eight weeks working with advanced creators um, to help them, like I said, better understand some of the, the bigger concepts on platforms like YouTube, but then also bring in that business intelligence and entrepreneurship element to it um, and bring in expertise from all over the world to help them out, uh, um, and help them understand these these different perspectives. And I think that was good because what that let us do was really understand like what those top creators were, were after. But also um, when we put those structures in place, we could see that those creators who went through that program immediately, immediately um, had results from that, right? They immediately started seeing upticks in their business, better workflow, Um, better engagement from the community bigger audiences Um, and a lot of those creators have gone on to become you know mega creators you know in the four five six million plus subscriber range Um, so i think when we did that that was at least for me was the turning point where i thought oh like this is super valuable and we can see that if we scale that it's going to be great and look we've developed since then um, programs based off that that have been you know very very successful with uh, creators all over the world um, how about you, Ant? What was your turning point?
1: I don't know if it's a turning point, but, um, but as part of that conversation, the, that part of that sort of initial stage there, like, you know, I think Katie asked about like uh, like a meeting or a conversation or a, a person. And maybe I'm paraphrasing and, and yeah, I'm yeah. wedging something yeah, in here. Um, but like, pre that, like, we were doing our, our thing, at, at like, you know, like Fred mentioned around. You know the creator studio and and sort of hanging out with creators and helping them and understanding the space before, um, before we were formally doing it. I guess like we were sort of just ad hoc building a creator community, not really sp- with a specific, um, like creator development education plan. Other than like we're we're going to hang out with them and and help them and and learn from them a- and as well. But like we were pretty lucky enough to to get just cross paths with like. Um, Sanoop Luke from who was at the time working at YouTube and um out of Singapore and like ahead of partnerships or something like that or creator partnerships or, um and just told him what we're doing. He's like, Oh, actually that's really interesting. I like that. Let's just keep chatting and tell us what you're about and what you're thinking. And that just um that conversation and then that relationship built where we actually then put forward like, Hey, we want to run like a creator incubator for three months with top creators. Like you like YouTube interested in getting involved, um, and then the you know the state government, but locally in Queensland, also got involved on that. So it was kind of like that was a, a, a pivotal moment, also, in just showing, which is tied to what Fred said, but just showing that yeah, this is heading in the right direction. Um, but that also that like that that interaction and that relationship and, um, with with Snoop and, and and through YouTube also like sort of helped um, propel us further in that right in that correct direction and i, I like you know and that, that that lesson to creators is like we we say it all the time and particularly around like brand deal workshops and entrepreneurial entrepreneurship workshops with creators is like be you know networking is really valuable be open to opportunities um you know you've, you've got to sort of be prepared to to look for the opportunities and, and be open to them um and that, you know, proves important for us and it, it definitely works for, for creators. So I guess there's a, a lesson there, but that was a pivotal moment, I thought.
2: Yeah. So Ant, you mentioned being open to opportunities and especially for creators, opening their ears and seeing what's out there. Can you talk a little bit about the future of what's out there and what kind of opportunities will be open for creators and how big the creator economy is actually growing?
1: Yeah, look, I I think we really are at the early days. It it is just the tip of the iceberg, to use that phrase. Um, like when this current generation of like top creators that we see when they first started, it probably wasn't really like something to aspire to. Of like, oh, this is a career. This is like money making. This is like something fulfilling. It's like it was like a cool hobby. And um, but now we're seeing this new generation come through where you know those paths have been forged where you can actually build a business um you can make a living out of this doing like some really cool stuff about around what you're really interested in like very specifically um which it's it's super exciting and and those sort of opportunities and business models are clearer like things like understanding AdSense, like you know early stage creators understand that understanding brand deals brands wanting to engage with creators and spend money with them rather than like, you know, when we first got on the game, you had to convince the brand that this was a good idea. Right the way through to, you know, you see creators building new businesses that leverage off their, you know, their content and creation, right? Like, you know, Mr. Beast has Beast Burger, right? Like, um, you know, the Nelt boys have come out with a, a hard seltzer. Like, it, these are YouTubers building, you know, like different p- different businesses with um that leverage off their content and it's it's very early stage still um so yeah the opportunity is huge um and it's 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 super early days
0: mm. i mean look i mean as the the creator economy grows um it like i said it, it is early days but what i'm sort of seeing as well is now that the structures around it are becoming better um and there's more sort of normalization if you can say that because you know A couple of years ago, I can't mention, this was all very, very, very new, and people didn't know anything about it, but now there is support structures for creators, Um, there are companies who are investing in creators, there are companies who are supporting creators through products, Uh, and that's great. And even like, you know, startups used to be a thing that people were not sure about, and that seemed very odd. Uh, And now they have great structures, and we're sort of seeing that, and I think that's one thing that's going to get better and better for creators. And as more of those structures and support elements come in, creators are going to find it's not... Not necessarily easy to get success, but there'll be more support around their success, but also that element of uh being established like people won 't look at being a creator as oh that's that's weird or you won't be embarrassed about saying that. you can say, "Hey, I am a creator, I am creating content, and people will understand that there is a pathway forward, and there's a career based around that. I think that will be amazing um also at the moment, you know it is sometimes the top creators who seem to be making all the money. I think that idea of that middle class creator or that emerging creator i think there'll be more opportunities for them given that there will be better structures around it Um, because we've seen some tremendously talented people um, make some sort of fundamental mistakes or misunderstandings and have basically just given up on content creation when if they continued with it with those better structures they could have done some really amazing things so i think those people will be given better structures and because of that they'll create better content um, and that'll lead to a whole new generation of content creators
2: Yeah, right. And you mentioned a lot of top creators and talented creators making mistakes in the beginning Mm. um, which is totally fair enough Um, and who are we if we don't fail and try and try again Mm. Uh, are you able to tell us with your inside knowledge because you get to work with these amazing creators all the time is there something amongst new creators that everyone always gets wrong is there some kind of expectation that's that's totally wild for them and and is there something that you'd like to tell us the new creators
0: I'd say that there's not, I guess, one particular thing everybody gets wrong, but everyone always gets something wrong, right? That's the thing about it. Um, nobody I've ever seen has just got on the platform and just killed it knowing everything. And that's because the environment is too dynamic. It changes too fast. No one in the world can possibly understand what's happening all the time. Um, and I was thinking about this morning while grabbing a coffee. It's like a, a lot of the time you can approach something with a, you know, a fairly clear thesis if it's established, like, oh, this is the way this works, I'm going to test that to see how I go. But I think with YouTube, it's, it's often, or any any platform for that for that matter, it's hard to have that clarity and hard to have that clear direction about a model you can overlay. Um, and that can become very frustrating for a lot of creators. So um, that is often, I think people will come onto the platform and say, oh, this is the way I want it to work and it pretty much never works out that way and then they've got to adjust. So yeah, I think everyone has or does something wrong, but I think it's that approach to it where they say like, okay, if I'm going to get it wrong, like how do I improve for the next iteration of it? How do I do better? And then when I do that, how do I analyze that and then do better again and keep developing, 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 knowing that it is a dynamic environment?
1: I'll throw in two. (laughs) Two definitive ones that I see, not everyone, but vast majority. One is like people look for the, the shortcut, the quick hack, like how do you bypass the system? Like how do you how do you trick people or how do you trick um, platforms to, like, get views, right? Um, and that's kind of, it's not possible, pretty much, and there's no value in that. And the, the second one is um, a lot, a lot, but not all, but a lot of early stage creators, if they're not getting the results that they hoped for or expected or or whatever, they, like, a lot of the time look to blame the platforms, the platform is against me, or is against small creators, um, and that's re- you know regardless of the platform, whether that's YouTube or TikTok or, or Insta or whatever, a new one will be coming out. So I think yeah, um, they're the ones we see. I see a lot. Um, yeah, YouTube's not out to get you. YouTube wants you to succeed. <laughs> um, it it it's a harsher reality sometimes if if your content isn't doing what you hoped it would do it might not be providing the value that your audience or the audience is um, is looking for and like that's not to say your content is shit Uh, it just might not be as good as you think and uh, uh, that's okay everyone starts somewhere but I think that's the
0: two key areas I see a lot of new creators make mistakes in. I want to say that there's one I think that's going to be a future area that is going to be pretty hard, um, and it's not a mistake so much as going to be an assumption um, that if you can get good numbers, then you're going to succeed, right? And that's because a lot of the new emerging platforms, um, you can have success very quickly. And success when I say that I mean like you can suddenly get like a hundred thousand or a million views for a video, um, and you can even get like you know hundred thousand or a million followers on some of these platforms but that doesn't necessarily translate to long-term sustainability. And I think people are going to assume that if I have that initial wins, then I'm going to be okay going forward. And I think I'm a bit worried about that because I feel that there's a whole bunch of background thinking you need to be sustainable in the long term. Um, And people are just going to put it down to the fact that, hey, I've got some numbers, so I'm going to be okay. So I think that's going to be something people need to to think about very carefully. Like if you are on these platforms and you're getting good numbers, then how do I translate that into something sustainable rather than just assuming that, Sustainability will come just from having big numbers.
2: Yeah, cool. What do you Another, think, Katie? <laughs> what does everyone get wrong?
0: Yeah. I
2: think going in with preconceptions and assumptions about who's going to be watching and what what your who your audience will be, um, a lot of the time you do need to test it and to see who's actually engaged and who's reacting because when you when you think of your perfect audience it might not necessarily correlate with your actual content and you might be surprised that it's the germans who really love your style of australian wacky cooking of spanish i don't know tapas or something like that
1: always the germans
2: the germans hey another question that i know a lot of our listeners probably always ask themselves internally is about all these amazing creators that Change changer get to work with and invite on these actual podcasts and you get to have a little gas bag with so how do you actually manage to get access to these amazing creators
0: like I said, we've been doing this for a, a long time and we have established some pretty advanced programs that you know we do run i mean within our region we run a lot of them but we have run them around the world um, and because so many of our programs require collaboration from all over the world we tend to meet some really amazing people um so you know we do know I guess all the big YouTube gurus and stuff like that, they all sort of have a pretty big community there and they talk and then are—you know we get involved with events like um, VidCon and all those kind of ones as well. So we really network quite extensively. Um, and because I think, our and Ant, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think because our approach has been so pro-creator and that we really are keen to help creators um, that we just get approached by a lot of creators to, to, to chat and talk about what they're doing um and yeah, that's how we, we do meet a lot of them.
2: Give us details, Fred. Do you are you sliding into people's DMs? Give the people what they want. Come on. Are you on Instagram? How do you get their emails? Is it like a cute exchange of of cards? Like or or do you talk to their agent first? Like give us the juice.
0: Oh gosh. Well well there's not so agents. many. No, it's usually not agents, but um I think like I said, a lot of the times we you know, we get messaged um with a creator asking us a question. Um, but you know if there are creators who we really like and we want to talk to them there's tons of different ways to to, to do that um, often it could just be an email what we what I like to do is an introduction because we have a pretty big network we can pretty much find someone who knows that creator did an introduction for us if we want that that's the best way to 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 do it for us I think because you know creators are getting bombarded with a lot of questions and their brands and there are tons and tons and tons of spam um, coming through to them so often they may not know a really good opportunity um or (laughs) what could be a really valid email coming through we just had someone this morning actually email us and say hey i got this thing from this person saying they want to be a partner manager on youtube i think it's spam but it actually was really youtube messaging them (laughs) to say hey you've gotten into the partner program um so those are the kind of things that is generally just an introduction would be the, the best way for us to to connect with them um, but, yeah, you know, there are still creators out there that, you know, I'd love to talk to that, I, that are a little bit harder to 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 connect with.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: Jimmy's just not returning my calls. So <laughs> I don't know what we've done, man. Like, I know you're a big fan of the show. Like, Jimmy, um, Mr. B. He's yeah. a massive fan of the show, but he just he just won't return my calls. But, yeah, like, um, you know, like, I think we're lucky and we're fortunate. Like, yeah, like Fred said, we're very pro creator and we probably need a better term for that because god that's Mm. clunky but creators want to help other creators grow like if you've found success doing this thing that you love you want to help other creators grow and we sort of give um give that platform for them to do that in in a way that they can do it on scale without like answering every single emerging creators email they can come hang out with us and and pass that inside and on but that that's a beautiful thing about like the creator generation is that everyone predominantly genuinely wants to help uh, other creators rise up and and, and uh, take advantage of that opportunity so yeah it 's a pretty pretty cool little community that goes on around the world
2: yeah right cool so the short answer basically is get connected darling and drop, <laughs> <laughs> drop your business cards to everybody and a
1: bit of luck as well like we just you got to ask sometimes right like you just um there's there 's been a few where you just like oh just like I follow them on Twitter or whatever, we'll, we'll ask. It's like, well, they said yes. Okay,
0: cool. All right, <laughs> rock and roll. I didn't expect that. Oh, yeah, there, there are there are strange ways that you do get connected. I think, um, like even with, like how we met Vsauce, which is a bit interesting when we were at CritCon, <laughs> Um we were walking by with a creator um, who we knew and... Um, and he said, Oh, there's Kevin. I really wanted to chat to him and I didn't know who he was talking about because, you know, I couldn't see who in the crowd he was talking to. I said, Oh I'll just call out to him. He goes, No, I can't do that, I can't do that. So I basically just yelled out, Kevin, and I didn't know who that was. And this guy turned around, he walked over and it was it was it was from the guy from Vsauce um and and his producer Matt Matt Tabor. Um, and they came over and they had a chat, and then I immediately saw them and I realized, okay, I know who these people are now. And we had a really good conversation, actually. It ended up being really great. And, um, you know, Matt, the the producer from Vsource, came out and came to an event like a couple of months later with us. And it literally it was just from yelling out across VidCon, hey, Kevin. And Yeah, yeah we,
1: under, uh, undersell that a little bit. Like, Matt, <laughs> Matt, like from that interaction where Fred just screamed out across, the floor at bitcon um matt like somehow for some reason agreed to just fly out to australia and new zealand um off his own back um and hang and go to a bunch of like youtube creator workshops that we're hosting in collab with youtube um and sort of guest speak at at them so uh, (laughs) um yeah like (laughs) pretty, pretty awesome um but yeah, just just start shouting, just shouting at your favourite creator. Um, that's one way to do it.
2: Yeah, bring a megaphone to the next gathering and just just drop names everywhere. <laughs> totally. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about hosting the podcast and some of your reflections and the journey and what's happened here. And it's a hundredth episode, so there must be some doozies.
0: Oh yeah, I guess I think the podcast started really fast, like when we decided to do like we said oh like this podcast would be a really good idea we have all these people we want to talk to we want to create something valuable for the creative community and i think aunt and i were just like yep and i guess because there's so much support and structure around it we basically just went down to the, the store uh the the audio store and just bought all the equipment and we had it up and running within a, within a week or so um and yeah, we started doing interviews and then I guess from the first few we sort of realised, okay, yeah, this is the direction we want to take and this is sort of the valuable stuff we're getting out of it and then we sort of shaped it from there. Um, so you probably noticed like over the seasons, I think this is the end of the third season now, like they've been tweaked a little bit depending on the direction uh, people want um, and you'll notice that next season there's uh, an, uh, sort of another shift as well which we... Are doing oh, based oh, on oh, feedback, oh, oh. <laughs> hinting at <laughs> well, that a little creating bit. creating a rod for our own back now. I can have yeah. to do it. <laughs> this um, is a, bit, this is a, bit, a bit of one. Um, but yeah, it's been a really interesting journey and it's been really fantastic to talk to not just creators, but all the experts in the space and, and network and, and connect and have these really good discussions. And obviously, what you hear um, for the podcast is a bit of a toned down version because we do talk about a lot of things, but we try to fit in all the best stuff into that, you know, that window of time people are, are willing to listen for, basically.
1: Yeah, down with that. I mean, people should want to listen to us all the time, but, uh, you know, within reason.
2: (laughs) Within reason? Okay, cool. And is there a nuance that you are finding now working in creator economy with creators, with YouTube, with TikTok, all these amazing channels, that's quite different to what you guys were doing before? So, say, traditional digital media and agencies. Like, what is the core difference? And do you guys love it? Or do you guys miss something from corporate world?
0: No, I don't miss it.
2: <laughs> it's
1: it's. I, I guess like you know, for me, and it, it you're dealing with really interesting, unique individuals. You're, like you're dealing with people on a people level. Like even the biggest creators, like predominantly, you get access to them and you talk to them, and you can help shape things directly. Um, and you learn from them, and they learn from you. And that's something that doesn't really exist in like big business right like it's like i can't remember who it was we're talking to someone um from like a a media company and they're like you know the like they were like you know the real difference you get you get access to actually the person making the decisions and actually executing on those decisions um and that's really rare right like we get access to the like and that's not just like us like well, look at us. How good are we? We get to talk to these big creators, but like creators, big and small. You're talking to the CEO of the of the like the the you know the executive producer. Like they are the person who who makes the decisions, and you sort of having those really. And they're individuals. They're people with personalities. It's quite interesting. Um, I kind of appreciate that. Um, it makes it kind of fun. Like you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, talking one to one with like you know a very like brand new creators like we you know like they have made no videos or only a handful or even hundreds but have very few views and it's still you know uh infinitely fascinating
2: what about you fred
0: well yeah it's about you can make a difference like i said this earlier on is like when you can give them good advice and that can improve their workflow or the way they make money or continue doing what they love that that is really really great that's a very good feeling and you know you feel like you're Doing something super valuable. Um, I think anything that helps someone uh, explore and develop and um, build on the potential they have is is always going to be great. Um, And I think that's great. And if we can find a way to, you know, build a business model around that, that's even more wonderful, right? Because you know we can um, keep growing and keep helping people and scale it up more and more. So that that's great. And I mean, just working one on one with some of these creators, like one of the things we do is we work with some really big creators and some really big programs. Um but one of the most satisfying things I like doing is I always try and pick one or two creators individually to help one on one over the long term just to keep that, you know, touch, keep touch with like, you know, core content creation, always being there, always supporting. And I find that super valuable. I really enjoy that process. Um in sort of being in the trenches directly with the creator on a day to day basis, trying to figure out what to do next. Um and that's really great too. There are just so many aspects that are immensely satisfying.
2: Yeah, very cool. One last question, guys. What has been your favorite part of doing the podcast over the last 100 episodes?
0: Well, I I do have some distinct ideas about things that I've really enjoyed um, in the conversations. I think I really liked the beatboxing we did with Tom (laughs) thumb. I thought that was superb. Um, Granted that the editor put it all together to make it sound much better than it was, but when I heard that back I laughed. And I still laugh every time I hear that episode. Um so I'm I'm sure we'll we'll play a little excerpt of that. But yeah, that was that was super, super cool. Well, how about you, Ant?
1: it's so hard like it's like oh which one's your favorite
0: child (laughs) and you know every time we do a podcast we're like oh that was a really good one that was one of the best ones we've done but I think we say that every time we do one and we're like oh yes they're all so good but I did like it when uh, Mark from Self-Sufficient Me um, likened us to different vegetables right I thought that was a good one too
2: (laughs) what vegetable were you
0: I think Ant was a bro- broccoli, a broccoli. Yeah, I don't remember what I was. I have
1: no idea. Yeah. I can't remember the reasoning why Mark decided I was broccoli. I think, Fred, <laughs> Fred, you were like an eggplant or tomato. Yeah, being, maybe. Um, I
0: think you were a broccoli because you had a very big beard and you were like, he said a broccoli upside down. Like upside down, down like, broccoli. Broccoli, yep. yeah, because your beard was wild. I, th-
1: yeah. I, I think, like, we've been doing this quite a while remotely, obviously. Um, I think the, the favourite episodes are always in person, um yeah. obviously not possible you can't just jump on a plane and travel around the world even pre covid um but i like, i still think my f- my favorite episode to do was i think our very first one we ever recorded or maybe our second with beauty news like, uh, yeah. there was something just ridiculously fun about that like Cat and hayley are obviously uh, um great people and, and fun to hang out with. So I think that helped. And I think we had beers and ciders. Yeah, and, we did. Um, yeah, just shenanigans we had. I think Cat or Hayley had to hold their drink above the uh, table so it didn't make noise on the microphone. So it looked like they were holding their drink up to the their camera the whole time. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I look forward to getting back and in doing these in person. Like Fred used to travel around with like a, a couple of hard cases with the whole podcast studio on it and we'd, we'd do... Podcast in person whenever we could. And th- uh, mm. Yeah, they're my f- they're my f- favourite moments. Um, but they're all my favourite children. Yeah. <laughs> we love them all, even.
2: And hey, I, I got I got one more weird, quirky question that's hundred related because this is our one hundredth episode. Hey. So it's a it's a would you rather. So get ready for it. Mm. Uh, would you rather have to pop a hundred balloons in a room with a needle, so they're all exploding around you? Or unroll 100 rolls of toilet paper in 100 minutes.
0: Oh, God.
1: Oh, no, no, there's no... No question here. Just let me out the balloons. I'm into
0: that. Oh, but,
2: but what about the sound? Is, yeah, it, I was going to so say. I
0: was, yeah, good. I would say the toilet paper. Oh, something They're like streamers, right? They're just yeah. like all over the place. Yeah, that'll be that'll be more fun.
2: <laughs> Off a balcony or
1: something. I don't know. I've got small children, and we've been in lockdown for 237 days. So there's been a lot of balloons in this house over the <laughs> while. So we've done a lot of balloon popping. So I think that sounds much more uh,
0: <laughs> much more fun.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'd definitely do the balloons. Just get it out of the way. I think that's going
0: to be very telling for the audience as <laughs> to yeah. which direction we went wait, What sure. colour
2: did you imagine the balloons to be, by the way? Are they red?
1: or no, blue colors. in my mind. Every oh, yeah, mine were blue. Rainbow. Mine was
2: just yeah. a horrible white room with no windows for some reason full <laughs> of just red balloons that you had to oh pop Oh, God. No, mine was
1: like it a it. ball pit, yeah. but yeah. just <laughs> with balloons. I mean, like a room. It'd be just <laughs> epic fun. The Katie's just deciding whether or not she should stick around working with us any longer
2: I'll, I'll stick around I'll stick around for a little bit longer <laughs> see,
1: oh, see what comes up see if
2: I can crawl out from under the bus <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll throw you back under the bus next week don't oh, you worry about gosh. that oh gosh
0: oh gosh on that note of rambling
1: thanks everyone for hanging out with us for a hundred episodes there'll be a hundred more episodes coming out. yeah
0: cool and we will be back uh, next season with a uh, adapted format for uh, your listing pleasure until then though Bye see you later.
2: Goodbye see ya. The
0: generation
2: on the mic.